in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh- Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. Welcome into the program here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click on that live video link, and do not forget to subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat. Game one of the NBA Finals under the belt. Well, well, well. (laughs) The Boston Celtics with a magical fourth quarter taking down the Golden State Warriors. Trailed by 12 going into the fourth and then won by 12. They're the first team to ever do that. I I love these stupid stats. They're the first team to ever trail by 12 and then win by 12. Yeah. They're the first team to ever play on a Tuesday. Score 47 points in the third quarter. Stop. That's a big deal. I mean, they out. There were much bigger deals than the fact they were down by 12. They outscored the Golden State Warriors, was it 40 to 16? 40 to 16 after being outscored 38 24 in the third quarter. This is true. Yeah, they Uh, have a much bigger problem than the deficit. (laughs) Uh, Nobody outside of Steph Curry can play dead in the Western. Yeah. No, no, it's exactly what I told you it was going to be. This is the worst matchup humanly possible for this Golden State team. So are you changing your prediction? Are you changing your prediction from yesterday? I had you... Celtics in six. I'll be honest with you. I want to say Celtics in four. I oh. want to say they don't. I, I want to say they don't win a game. I want to say they don't win a game. And here's why. Is Steph Curry going to play that well again? Maybe. 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 He may not score 30, 21. 40% in, chance. He may not score 21 in the first quarter. Like I don't did, care how many he scores in the first quarter. Is he going to be absolutely unconscious from three? He better be. Uh, if he's not, they'll get killed. Right. I mean, absolutely. They will get eviscerated if he's not. Absolutely. Otto Porter was there. Uh, and there was, uh, and this was into the fourth quarter. Otto Porter was the second leading scorer on the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's bad at basketball. So is Jordan Poole. You you remember you remember that thing I said about you cannot have this many players that are this bad defensively on the floor at one time. Yes. Uh, yeah. Golden State proved that last night. And I've heard this narrative today of oh well, yeah, yeah, Golden State they just could score in the fourth quarter. Did you ever feel like Golden State was a better team last night? No. Neither did I. Neither did I. I, I was mean, well. I, I, I literally, I'm back. telling you right now. Had Boston not come back and won last night. I wouldn't be here because I would be working a fourth job to pay off how much I live bet Boston last night. I, I I take that back. I felt like in the first quarter, obviously, when Steph was doing his thing, that maybe this is how this is going to go. That's you know? actually what I confirmed. Boston's the better team. Yeah. And, and here's why I say that. Steph was out of his mind in the first quarter. Yes. They were up by four at home. Right. On better rest electric oracle oh it's so good they're up by four mm-hmm. second as soon as the reserves come in this team looks like a high school team they, oh how deep they are 
No, no, they are not. At this point, if I was a, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm going to the rest of the series going. Anytime Steph puts his hand up, I need to come out, coach. Well, I guess we're going to have to call a timeout, right? Because as soon as he comes off the floor, they're awful, mm-hmm. awful. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you Derek White's going to be as good as he was. I'm not going to tell you Al Horford's going to be as good as because he won't be. No, it's I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. Jason Tatum couldn't have hit water off a bridge if you gave him 10 shots. Right. That's the thing that sticks out to me. Yeah, sure. Al Horford had a great game. Derek White had a great game. Sure. But Jason Tatum didn't. And do you think that's going to continue? Do you Jason think- Tatum did have a good game. He didn't have a good shooting game. Right. There's a huge difference. Okay. There is a drastic difference. It, it, Jason Tatum the is stat. the reason that Al Horford and, and Jalen Brown and Derek White were so good. Mm-hmm. Because they know we have one guy that can guard him. That's it. Andrew Wiggins. Please do that. I be, I beg of you. Chuck Andrew Wiggins out there. Draymond Green's the only guy that can touch Jason Tatum. That's what I said leading into this series. The matchups don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Last night, Robert Williams played 24 minutes. If you had told me Going into this game, Robert Williams would play roughly 24 minutes and be, I'm not going to say meaningless, but not great. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the defensive force that I thought he would be. And Jason Tatum would be the fifth leading scorer on the team. Okay, how much did Golden State win by and why is it 20 or more? Didn't go that way. Right. Everything you could possibly have wanted to go in your favor went your way. And I never felt like you were the better team. There was a point in the, I think it was the second quarter. Is it the second or third quarter? Golden State was 57% from the floor. And you still couldn't break away. Right. Still couldn't. And this narrative, oh, Boston can't win in close games. Well, uh, yeah, I think they can. Yeah, I think they can. Because they can lock you down defensively. Mm Mm-hmm. And they don't need all of these ancillary pieces to be good. Just go back to the Brooklyn series. The Brooklyn series that had several close games, but what it, you kept saying it, I don't care who, I, I, I don't care if it's close, Boston's going to close this game out. And, and look, I'm not, they're not good in, in close games. The offense gets clunky inside of four minutes of a game that's separated by a possession or two. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think any of these games are going to be that close. Clay Thompson looks 95 years old. Draymond Green is largely irrelevant offensively. Not because he didn't try, but he's pretty irrelevant. No, and he, then you look at the other pieces on this team. Yeah, they'll have nights. Andrew Wiggins will have a night. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole will have nights where he's good offensively. The problem is every time he touched the floor last night, okay, who's he guarding? Because that's who this ball's going to. Yeah. It, I mean, it was almost like th- this was almost like betting on uh, Tennessee today. Just out of curiosity, do you know how many dollars you have to bet on Tennessee in college baseball today to win a dollar? No. It's 400 You have to wow. bet $400 to win a dollar. Wow. Who are they playing? I don't. Roast beef directional tech state. or something? Is it? <laughs> I don't actually remember who it is. In the, in the actual regionals. Yes. Alabama so they, State. So they got to be, oh, well. Alabama State. Oh, well, there's that. You had to wager $400 to win a dollar? I wouldn't I wouldn't lay that on, is Jeremy going to have over or under half a beer when this show's over? 
I would oh, yeah, think I would. I would. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. I'd do that. Because that's, that's guaranteed. You know that's guaranteed that's money. That's cake money. Right how, much, how many dollars do you want to make off your dollars? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a wager on Tennessee probably wouldn't hurt. There's probably no way they're going to lose that game. But Draymond Green not hit, you know, not hitting shots. They, I mean, there were points in the game where they're just letting him shoot. Like he's out of in the course. He's, he's out in the corner, and there ain't nobody in ten feet of him. They're like, "Go ahead, go ahead, take that of shot." Of course they are. They're legitimately scared of one player, Steph. That's it, right? You got three dudes on Steph Curry. By the way, I do have to say this. I said it on Twitter a couple times last night. I do want it on my headstone that I held Steph Curry to less points than the reigning defensive oh. player of the year did. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great uh, defensive performance from Marcus Smart, but. I would argue that you're not 100% right. I think Steph was just that good. Maybe maybe so. And I also think Boston looks at this team and goes, I don't care how good Steph Curry is. I don't care. Score 40. I don't care. I'm not worried about anybody else. And then they put, they run these lineups where, where they really got in trouble. If you remember I said this yesterday, you'll be able to tell within the first 12 minutes who blinks first. Mm-hmm. Well, who blinked first? It's Golden State. It's Golden State. Because Kayvon Looney played way more than you would have expected him to. Because they know we have to have somebody out there that can size-wise deal with Robert Williams. Because if we don't, we get one shot. Mm-hmm. We go down there, we get one shot, and then we come back and play defense. So you have to do something to mitigate that. Unless they can find a way to run that death squad, suicide squad, whatever it is they call it, stupid lineup. Right. Unless they can find a way to do that and not get just eviscerated off uh, on the offensive side, I mean, this series is over. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's not an overreaction. I could argue you will never see Boston play three worse quarters than they played consecutively. That third quarter is what held me back on Boston all year long. Because it's not the first time I've seen them, seen them do that, and it probably won't be the last. Right. At the end of the day, you're down 12, and you still win. Scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to change the prediction. We were both on Boston Celtics in six. I'm not ready to change. I because I get everybody wants to go. Oh well, look, see what happened. Boston just killed it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but do you expect they're going to do that again? Do you really expect they're going to come out and hit nine of twelve from three point range in the fourth quarter again to be able to overcome any deficit? They're going to. You have said all throughout the playoffs, they're an inconsistent team. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be inconsistent, so they'll drop a game or two. And there was a narrative last night that the officials let them play. Yeah, that's finals basketball. It happens every single year. Mm-hmm. We do this every year. This is the reason that the Phoenix Suns never could get over the hump because as soon as the team played physical with them, they were relevant. Mm-hmm. The the physicality of it that's not unexpected. I, I'm just for me. I said I I I told sports freak Brian Halvis this morning. I lost track of how many times I hit the button of Boston Celtics plus blank. I got it at plus 10 and a half at one point. Then I just got really aggressive in the fourth and went money line. Money line, money line, money line, money line, money line. HWA <laughs> asked me a, a couple times, what are you seeing here? Golden State's up 12. Don't care. Yeah. Long hair, don't care. I, I know exactly how this is going to go. And now, how, I did not expect them to win by that much. I was going to say, how quickly did the numbers drop after they went They had a seven? 4% chance to win this game going into the fourth quarter. According to FBI, FPI, mm-hmm. they had a 4% chance to win the game. 
And when they opened up the fourth quarter with seven straight three-pointers, how how fast did that number disappear? I didn't have to do it anymore. Well, I, I had done it so do many it times that I wasn't keeping the greatest track of it. Right. All I cared about, is that Celtics number going to be bigger than that Warriors number? I could care less what the score is. Right. They've been by one or 101. I don't care. Sure. And they did largely what I thought they would. Jalen Brown's very good. That's the thing about Boston. When you get to finals basketball, you have to find the team that has more replicable success. Golden State's success is they shoot lights out from three. Mm -hmm. Without looking, what did they shoot from three last night? First of all, they shot it 45 times from three-point range. 29? 42 and a half. 42 and, and a half. And you lost. Wow. Good luck with that. The Celtics were just that much better. The Celtics were 51%. And I don't think they're going to replicate that, but they don't have to. Mm -hmm. They need Jalen Brown to be the exact player he was last night. They need 70% of what they got from Derek White. Derek White was plus 25. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to change. I've heard this narrative of, oh, Derek White won't have a game like that. You're probably not wrong, but it's going to be much closer than you think. For one very simple reason. Who guards him? Oh, yeah, that guy that, that fell in the second round because he couldn't play dead in the Western on defense, and everybody lost their mind. Look how many points he scores. Woohoo! Oh, okay. Uh, he gives them up on the other side. There are a lot of players that, I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of players that never sniff the NBA. They can score. Mm -hmm. There are guys at your local YMCA that can score. <laughs> Problem is they can't defend anybody. Right. And I just see a lot of those guys for Golden State. But at least, at least the NBA did a full Undertaker last night. What do you you found a way after the most gnarly, uninteresting, hard-to-watch, god-awful playoffs to put a product out there that was good enough to actually pique somebody's interest. True. Because now, you know, as, you, as, as we said yesterday on the show, what was it, 87% of the money or was it 87% of the, the handle? was on Golden State to win this. And now Boston comes out and steals game one at the Chase Center. Now you got drama. Yeah, set now, the uh, set the, uh, the the series number. The series mm -hmm. number? So going into last night, Golden State was a plus 140 favorite to win. Mm -hmm. You could have gotten Boston at – or Golden State was minus 140. You could have gotten Boston somewhere around plus 170. Okay. What is it now? I wouldn't say it's changed all that much. It's flipped. Has it really? Boston's a minus 170 favorite. Wow. And do you know what that means? That means people like me watched last night and went, this is easy. Right. This is easy. I'm not falling for the, oh, how many have I missed in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Oh, this has been a weird year. No, I've, 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 re I've, read, I've read this book before, and I pretty much know how it ends. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of things well. You do Steph Curry well. Celts mm, in four. Oh, the sweep. I'm to the point of I think Golden State will be lucky to get back to the Bay. Okay. I mean, you better win tomorrow night because if you don't, this is not going to be a gentleman's sweep. This will be four and out because you're not going to Boston beating them. I would agree. They needed to get one game, and I'll guarantee you that I'm a Yudoka has screamed that for days. Mm -hmm. We have to get one game out there because they will not come out here and beat us. Right. West Coast team coming east. That's a really gnarly flight. That's another thing I've yet to hear anybody talk about. You do realize Boston had one day off. Yes. 
between the end of the series, they had a day off on Monday. They flew out there on Tuesday, had media day on Wednesday. So that's a team that should have looked a little downtrodden, a little heavy-footed. They got better as the game went on. That's a bad sign. It is a bad sign, especially for the Golden State Warriors, who, like I said, were considered by many to be the favorites going into this. And now with Boston with a 1-0 lead, they they get a play tomorrow night back at the Chase Center. And, yeah, you're right. You know I feel good about something when I'm breaking my own segment rules. What? When I'm giving you a pick for a game on Saturday, on Friday, that means I feel pretty swift about it. Yeah, uh, that and what what else were you going to do? The green on green coming up at the end of this hour. We will also have, of course, the five on it in the four o'clock hour. We'll talk some football in the second hour as well. Jeremy's got an I'm mad. We're going to get just a bit outside your weird news. All that right here in the Ingalls studio on the way right here on ESPN Asheville. At Ingalls, we know that big dreams don't always make it to the big leagues. But we also know that baseball, it's family. It's about building character. And as sure as there'll be some stumbles on that journey from first to home, we'll be right there cheering you on. This is baseball. And this is who we are. Ingalls, we're with you every step of the way. The sportsocracy. Take all this, burn it. Okay? okay. Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. Is that what Steve Kerr is talking about with his with his crew? Just just burn this tape. Just burn this tape and let's let let's let's figure something out. This is the burn the tape fourth quarter. Because it was awful for the Golden State Warriors. Boston Celtics had an effective field goal percentage of eighty eight point six percent in the fourth quarter. As they, as they rallied back from a 12-point deficit, win by 12, outscored them 40-16 to 16 in the last frame. It was a devastation. Now, the question is, is there anything Golden State can do? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to. To me, Jordan Poole, that was fun while it lasted. You're to a 12, 16-minute-a-night guy. You can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was minus 19 last night. Auto Porter, same way. Anytime one of the starters had to sit, they got demolished. So if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm looking at Steph going, you better be prepared to play about 44 minutes a night. We might be able to sneak in a minute on each side of the end of the first and third quarters. Right. That's the best I can do. Steve Kerr's leaning on his uh, leaning on his veterans, all his guys with the experience. We talked about the experience the other day on the show of all of this experience with the Golden State Warriors in the finals, zero on the side of the Boston Celtics. And, you know, Steve, Steve Kerr, that's the, way he, that's the way he won titles, was with the veteran crew. Should he be, should he be looking to Jonathan Kaminga to, to give him something no. off the bench? No. No? What, what, what's he going to give you? Exactly? I don't know. B- being legally alive? Because <laughs> here's the problem. Who's he guard? All right, let's. You have to put Kaminga on the floor. Mm-hmm. Who 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 you plan on putting him on? Robert him Williams. Against, yeah, that'll go well. I'm sure. I'm sure that will go tremendously well. 
See, for me, this is just I'm, funny because you, I'm sitting back going, this is exactly what I told you. You just have to figure out something other than we're just going to shoot threes. We well, don't have it. You, you, they don't, it. All right, what is that? Who's going to get to the basket? You're going to lean on Andrew Wiggins? That'll be fun. Right. I mean, we've seen Andrew Wiggins be the number one option on the team. This is called the 2016 Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think you want to take pages out of that playbook. Yeah, no, they weren't great. You just don't have it. You don't have it. They're going to have to be absolutely unconscious from three. Mm -hmm. Or Boston will have to beat themselves. Which you might catch a, a game that way. Well, they could do that. They are pretty good at that. Of course they are. And the only thing I could think about as I was watching last night, this is why I said Jason Tatum would probably be my number one player to build the team around. Mm -hmm. Terrible shooting the ball. But what did he do? Facilitated the offense. You don't see Luka do that. You don't see Luka have a night where he could not play dead in the Western. But he facilitates the offense. You don't see Tim Hardaway go but they don't nanners. Really, right. But I was going to say, they don't really have anybody that can. Uh, oh, you that mean they don't have anybody that's as good as Derek White or 94 and a half year old Al Horford? I mean, they have, they, they have had those games where they get some help from. Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. That was the guy I was trying to think of. It was like a, a, a Villanova kid. Uh, I mean, they have had those moments, but Boston is a much better team. Jason Tatum last night gave me hope that there might actually be a future for the NBA that's not 1-4 ISO. Because I actually saw a player that had just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And instead of pouting or yelling or, nope, I'm going to set an NBA Finals record for the most assists from a player in their first NBA Finals game. Yep. Found a way to get everybody else involved, keep the ball moving, keep the floor spaced, and yeah. You can come up with victories that way in the NBA Finals. Boston and, Celtics. And the one thing, I, I've yet to hear anybody say this all day, and maybe it's because I'm I'm biased to the guy. I haven't heard anybody give Ime Yudoka his flowers all day. You got to say, no. this is a guy that's going up against a coach that's been to this many finals, and you never back down. Mm -hmm. You never back down off of what you came in here to do. Told your guys, this was the plan. We're not straying from the plan. And it worked. But does he not get some of that? He didn't build this. Who cares? This was I Brad don't care Stevens built, built this. Is Brad Stevens' team? I think that's why. That's why you're not hearing it. Well, though. Brad Stevens never got him here. Brad no, Stevens. I, Brad I, Stevens I is sitting up uh, on a uh, on a uh, uh, an office chair cushion that says "Property of Danny Ainge." Right. I'm a Yudoka is the one who got him here. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, if I was an NBA team, I'm looking for that exact guy. I know this is an imitation league, and usually the imitation is nowhere near as good as the original. That's what I want. I want the hard-nosed coach, and I'm looking directly at Charlotte here. I've heard all the coaches you've talked to. Mm -hmm. None of them strike me like this. I want the guy that learned at the foot of Greg Popovich, played in this league, and you know me. I'm not a to, – to be a good coach, you have to to have been a player. I don't believe that in any way. So you're saying they shouldn't have fired James Borrego? Is that what you're saying? No, I was okay with that. I'm, I'm more, this is really more just my daily affirmation of please, God, don't hire Mike D'Antoni. Right. What, whatever you do, don't do that. Hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully they will get a better coach than that. But, yeah, I mean, I, th I think maybe one of the reasons that I'm a Udoka is not getting the – 
the pub right now is because he's not a name. Like, I, oh, he will Because be. I think back to the first time the Golden State Warriors went to the finals. Think back to that time. And Steve, it was just, look what Steve Kerr's done with this team. Yeah. But you didn't have that hangover from, well, he didn't build this team. Mark Jackson had this team. You see what I'm saying? No, just, I, I think that's just an absolutely asinine argument. Because Brad Stevens didn't build this team in the first place. Danny Ainge did. This is a Danny Ainge team. Now, the funny thing is, the year Danny Ainge goes, I'm out. Well, you remember that plan you had? It's It worked. It worked. It worked. You know what we needed? You did not be right. here. Right. I don't know why more people aren't talking about I'm a Yudoka. I've listened to it all day. I've been waiting for somebody to give him his flowers. Of He went up against one of the more accomplished coaches in NBA history I think and there's did still this, not blink. I think there's still this thought that that was just a one-off. That was just that was just a great fourth quarter. And it can't continue. I don't genuinely see how you could know this game and think that. I, and look, I'm dumbfounded every day by mm-hmm. things that come out of people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Every single day. I don't know how you watched that and went. I don't see how you could have watched the same game I did. 48 minutes of the same two teams and not walked away going, well, one of these is way better than the other one. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Jeremy, I'm going to give you your opportunity to rag on baseball once again. Oh, I'm always a fan of this. Because something happened at a Cubs game that it just once again goes to, why can't we have fun? Why can't you have fun at baseball games? Somebody's always got to come around and ruin it. Whether it be an old school manager who doesn't like the new way the kids are playing these days with flipping their bats and I, stuff. I love how you said that in the oldest way humanly possible. Of course. Uh, it's, it's all part of the plan. Uh, or whether it be, you know, the, the, the age old umpire argument or whatever. Now there is a, uh, there's an usher at Wrigley field that has just drawn the ire of a lot of baseball fans because during the Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals game, fans were having a little bit of fun and they built one of the most spectacular beer cup pyramids I have ever seen. I tried to count them before the show started. I got to 64 and then lost count and went, I'm not doing that again. It was massive. It was at least 13 or 14 cups on the base and just went up and up and up. And the cameras, of course, were cued in on it because the broadcasters thought, hey, look what these fans are doing. It's a great pyramid. Never seen one like it. And then the usher comes down and knocks it down. Because it's taking up, what, three seats that nobody's using in the outfield of Wrigley Field? Oh, yeah, because that's, I mean, seats are really at a premium. (laughs) It's just, why can't we have fun at baseball games? Did you happen to see the the fan, I think it was at a Mets game, that caught a home run still holding a baby? Yeah. He he barehand catches a home run holding a baby. Did you notice how many people were in that section? No. It was like 20. There were probably 20 people in the outfield, and that's a Mets game. They're actually good. Yeah, first place in the uh, National League East. Baseball. (laughs) 
My story's not about baseball. Okay. My story's about a sport I love and something that I absolutely want to see so badly. We have lambasted Jake Paul a bunch. Yes. On this show. Yes. He now has the opportunity for me to never throw smoke at him again. Because oh, he, he has a, been called out. He got a he got a call out. By Eric Esch. Who's Eric? Do you know Esch? who Eric is? Oh, you don't know that? I don't know. Who that is. He's he's better known by his lovable nickname, which is Butterbean. Oh. Yeah, he said I'm in the best shape of my life. He's apparently been doing the Diamond Dallas Page yoga thing. Yeah. He said, I'll uh be happy to I'll be happy to give you that smoke if you're looking for it. His exact quote was, I'm working with DDP to get up walking and running around. I'm feeling the best shape I ever have. I'm at fight weight. You'll have to listen to my podcast coming up because of course Butterbean has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Right. Speaking of which, I now have another one. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Find out exactly <laughs> how much weight I've lost, but I haven't weighed this in over 20 years, so I'll give you that. The big announcement is I'm going to fight one last fight. It's going to be one year from now. Jake Paul, if you're ready, I'm here for you, my friend. Let's get it on me and you. Let's do it. In. In. Because I want to see him get Daffy Duck. The bill spins all the way around his head from Butterbean. You take a right hand from that guy. I don't care if he's 60. I do not care. Mm Mm-hmm. You take a right from that guy, eh, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop throwing that smoke. <laughs> That's good for Butterbean. I'm glad that he's getting healthier. Speaking of getting healthier, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, reminded me today of a story. I came in one day to work, and a coworker. We were talking about weight. This was a long time ago, and he's a skinny guy. He didn't really know, you know, how to judge weight. And he looked at me and he said, "What do you weigh? Two hundred and twenty-five pounds." And I laughed and I went, oh, bless your heart. I have good news, Dan. I actually weigh 225 pounds now. I have lost 70 pounds on the PhD weight loss program. I'm feeling better. Just like Jeremy, I'm sleeping better. I'm more active. This program is saving my life. And I can't say enough about it. Uh, I really didn't notice the difference. You know, when you lose weight on programs like this, you don't note it's a gradual thing you see yourself in the mirror every day right where i have noticed it is now that it's warm i'm playing golf which is my that's my go-to hobby i always made fun of people that would walk on a golf course because i couldn't figure out why you would do that if you can drive why would you walk well now i'm in a shape and i'm in a position to where i can walk a golf course and finish 18 holes and not feel like I've been broken in half. And it's all thanks to the program and plan at PhD Weight Loss. If you are tired of your uh, overall shape being mostly described as round, uh, you can give them a call. Uh, book a free consultation today. Do it online. Just go to myphdweightloss.com. Get with the program that's helping Jeremy and I get healthier. And PhD Weight Loss, they are the official weight loss program of the Clemson Tigers and their fans. Speaking of Clemson Tigers, uh, former Clemson Tiger, Deshaun Watson back in the news again, facing another lawsuit. This is now the 23rd civil lawsuit uh, alleging sexual misconduct by him between uh, him and a this woman is a cosmetologist. Is that what I read? Um, Anyway, but the new buried in the lawsuit was the claim that he offered $100,000 to each one of the plaintiffs, in this case, to settle it. Do you care? 
Yes, but not for the reason you would think. Okay. The settlement has nothing to do with me. We say this on this show all the time. We're not cops. We're not lawyers. And you added another one to that yesterday. I don't remember what it was. That has nothing directly to do with me. I was not in the room. I do not know what happened. I don't claim to know what happened. Mm -hmm. But the allegation is that this offer came a year ago. That he offered $100,000 to all of these women. And there was a very aggressive non-disclosure agreement. As you would imagine there would be. That's the part I care about. It's a very very aggressive non-disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? If you settle, you're gonna sign an NDA. That's just the way civil. Uh, that's course. the way civil lit- litigation works. Of course. If you're getting really aggressive about it, what does that say? And look, I'm gonna. I don't know that I've ever said this on the show, and I really feel like I need to. At the end of the day, I don't know what happened. I know something happened. Mm-hmm. I know something unsavory happened, if for nothing else, because you were hiring masseuses off Instagram. Exactly. And I'm just kind of of the belief of nobody can be that stupid. Mm -hmm. You take that for what it's worth. (laughs) But if you're doing a really aggressive NDAs, what that tells me is that the league has probably said something to the effect of, get it done. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out, why do we not know the punishment? That's not good for the league. This being out there is not a good thing. I would agree. This is the first story I've read where I go, oh, I get it. We just haven't figured out what the number's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I, And I'm not going to say I have defended him because I haven't. I, yet again, I don't know what happened. The fact that there was, there was never any rumor of this and he was so ardent that he wanted to defend his character and, okay. Offering settlements is not a, that is not an admission of guilt. No. However, it is a, I'm ready for this to go away. Mm -hmm. And I think the NFL is ready for this to go away. And the Cleveland Browns are ready for this to go away. And I won't be shocked if it does. I won't be shocked if it does. Mm -hmm. Because that was hidden in this, I don't know if it was a press release. I just saw the text from it. So it could have been. It was in the lawsuit itself. It was in the. It was a footnote in the lawsuit of rusty or not rusty harden that's deshaun's lawyer um tony busby the other lawyer the 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 plaintiff's lawyer saying of course we know that he offered a hundred thousand dollars to every person who had claimed that he had done them wrong um a hundred thousand dollars but insisted on very strict non-disclosure agreements which I would say, yeah, of course he did. I mean, if I if I'm paying to make this go away, you you're never going to talk to talk about me. You're never going the, to. The do way this was said is this is even more than an average NDA, and and maybe it is, and I don't know what that is. They didn't give any details on what the aggressive nature of these was. Well, from what I understand, nobody knows what that means. But I asked a lawyer what that would mean, and basically it was not only are you not going to talk about me. You're not going to talk about the events that happened. Mm-mm. If you do, I'm going to recoup every dollar I gave you times 50. Mm-hmm. That's where you get into aggressive. There's only so many things that could be aggressive about it. Right. And I'm not trying to be as simplistic about this as I'm going to be. That tells me that there are unsavory things here that he does not want out in the public eye. Of course. There are unsavory things here that if you just so much as tell the truth. It's not going to be a good look. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't emphasize this enough. Don't don't hire people off Instagram. Like I, I don't care what it's for. <laughs> don't hire people off Instagram. Uh, that was the original thing that got a lot of people about this case was, well, well, wait, why why would he do that? Why would he have to go out and get? There are not twenty four people. people on this earth that I would let touch me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm weird about being touched. I don't just okay bubble. All right, right. It, it just wants you to draw an imaginary circle around me. That is the same width as my arm. Right, that's where we need to stay. But it, it just doesn't make any sense. It is it's, none of it's ever made any sense mm-hmm. to me. To be really, but honest that's with what you. that's why everybody has, or not everybody, but the, those who have not believed his innocence in all of this, they have all always gone back to, well, why was he doing? Why was he going on in, social media trying to find a new one every time? Because if he was, if he found a masseuse that would do the things that he wanted to do, there would be no reason to have all of these. So it was just a bad, a, 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 a sign that there was something wrong with the transaction. That he had to go find a new one every time. And I mean, I'm going to go even more simplistic than that. If you told me there was any job in your daily life. And over the course of the last two years, there had been 23 people that had done it. Mm-hmm. If, all right, so I, I, and I'm not trying to draw the comparison here, but this is the first job that popped in my head. If you had a kid and you had had 23 babysitters over the course of the last two years, what's my first thought? That's a bad kid. Your kid's a brat. Right. That kid is a brat. Right. Nobody's dealing with that kid. And I kind of, I'm trying to it's draw the, the analogy thing. here of, that's weird. Yeah. There's something weird here, and it's very obvious to me that you're trying to keep it out of the limelight. Mm-hmm. When I heard the aggressive NDA thing, I went, that came from Roger Goodell. There is no doubt in my mind. That was a, you tell anybody we had this meeting, I will swear you're lying. Right. And most people think you're a liar anyway. Right. So, Fafo, get this done. Mm-hmm. In the comments, Andreas Pinkney asked, over, under on how many games Watson gets suspended. I would set the line at four and a half, and I would probably, as of t- today, I would take the under. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to stick at four. Yep. Armchair Commentary and I uh, did our, we recorded our first podcast for Fantasy Football of the Year. Excellent. And one of the things we were talking about is quarterbacks. And I am of the belief that if you're going into the year, so long as you have a safe option, I'm I'm good with taking Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I feel good enough that he's going to play, and this is just the football side of it. We've already uh, attacked the right, other side yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Just the football side, I would say he's probably going to be suspended four games. There was know. a report over the course of the last week that the Browns organization's afraid he's going to be suspended for the year. I don't buy it. I, I've never bought it. That it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, I think they were. I I I. I I don't think that was ever on the table. I think that's the reason why they structured the contract the way that they did. I don't think that was ever on the table. Really? No. you got to understand something. The NFL wants this to go away as bad as Deshaun Watson does. Mm -hmm. If you suspend him for the year, you're going to have to have more than you have right now. At least from what I've been told. I ain't the judge, so it's not like we're doing voir dire for me. Right. I'm just saying what the public knows, you're going to have to have more than that to suspend him for the year. Mm -hmm. Or he does have a legal ramification. That's what you're trying to avoid. It's like a 12-step process. You're trying to avoid steps 6 through 12 because that's where now you're just dragging it out. You want this to end. 
And I think it's – I have a, a a feeling it's going to end reasonably soon. Yeah. There is a sense around people that I talk to that the punishment for Deshaun Watson will be out within the next two weeks. I think the league also just doesn't want to get caught off guard. Like they say well, and that that's the, the fear is that there's going to be something else that they right. don't know. Right. The investigation, they, say, they said before the, the uh, HBO show aired, they said it was wrapping up and that they were putting the finishing touches on it. Now they're just hoping that there's not another bomb that drops of there's new proof or something because they don't want another Ray Rice situation on their hands. Remember how bad that was when, when Ray Rice and the story was out there, the video hadn't come out yet of him assaulting his, his wife or current girlfriend or current wife, girlfriend at the time. Right, 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 right in the Atlantic City Hotel, and they suspended him for two games. And then the video came out. Video came out within seven calendar days. Mm -hmm. We're at almost two years. Yep. And then they had to backtrack. Then they had to suspend him for more. Then they had to go through the whole policy change and the, you know, we're putting together a committee to look at domestic violence and all of that. It's the one thing that the league doesn't want to do. So the league's biding its time, and you've got time. You've got time to to make sure you get it right. That's what Roger Goodell's in it for. Well, that and he wants it to end. Of course. See, the problem the NFL has right now is that every time a story like this comes out, people like us, we have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. This is the lightest time of the sports calendar. So when a story like this comes out, we're going to talk about it. The worst time you can do anything unsavory in the NFL is the two weeks after the draft to two weeks before camp starts yep. because it's going to get talked about and it will be talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the league wants to avoid. But the, but the league also doesn't want to hand out a four game suspension and then find out some more information or there's another real sports TV show that has more, that has more revelations. Maybe I'm naive in this, but if there was that, you would already know that. Oh, I would believe, I, I believe so too. I'm not. I've said from the start. I think he's going to get suspended. It starts at four games, and they're gonna have to have more information to do more than that. Well, I mean, you took this to a criminal prosecutor. Mm -hmm. I don't think you were withholding evidence. If you had it, they would know it, because you were trying to get criminal charges. That was the goal, right? The goal was the the civil lawsuits and for him to be punished for what he did. I don't think you withheld anything. So, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I don't think that I am. No, I don't think you could withhold anything. It, I would say from the 22 cases that are out there, they gathered what information they could, could not find enough to bring the case to trial. But now there's another one. Now we got to, you know, it depends on if there are more. If there's another lawsuit filed next week from a 24th and a 25th and a 26th, I think that's one thing that the league's waiting on. They want to make sure that there's not more coming. Not saying that there will be, but they just want to make sure. We got the NBA playoffs continuing tomorrow night. Jeremy Green breaking one of his own rules. He only usually only gives you the numbers for the games that are actually happening happening at the moment. But Green on Green is next, and he'll give you the best picks for tomorrow night in the NBA Finals. Plus, you have more hockey bangers. Is that is that on the way as well? Uh, we'll be right back right here on ESPN Asheville.
Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Coffee's the closers only. Get on the money! Then we get the money. You get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power. Then you get the work. Two for two, la- two and two last night. Two for four overall. Puts me at 163, 163 and six. Try to get back over 500, two picks in hockey, and two for tomorrow night in the NBA. First, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a minus 125 favorite tonight at the Garden against the Rangers. They're the better team. I, I, look, I'm a New York sports guy. They're better. And the garden will be electric. I get all that. Maybe it's the New York sports fan of me of any time a team props me up, I'm just waiting for when you poo in my punch bowl. And tonight will be that for the Rangers. Give me the lightning minus 125 over the five and a half. Tomorrow night, the Celtics are still a four-point dog at the Warriors. That is the stupidest thing I've ever How? They were a four-point dog last night. That actually got down to three and a half. How did you see anything last night that said, yeah, we shouldn't adjust this in the least? This one's easy. I don't ever give picks a day in advance. I'm making an, making an exception here. Give me the Celtics plus four over 215 and a half. do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. And as always, you can take those wagers to BetUs.com, use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY, and get a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put into your account up to 25 hundred dollars promo code sportsocracy at betus.com the banger in that by the way is the over in the uh, rangers and lightning don't ask me why i just have a weird feeling i don't claim to be a hockey savant at all i've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with armchair commentary recently and maybe it's because it's the canada and connection that <laughs> i feel like i am very ingratiated into hockey right you're, now you're like you're like gathering this in by osmosis i have a weird feeling that tonight's gonna be like six five or something bizarre like that and i don't really have a good reason it's just a gut feeling right um before we get into the sports center update at the top of the hour we did have a question that was asked in the uh comment section of you jeremy uh since you were talking fantasy football and your uh next podcast fantasy football podcast with out tomorrow commentary comes out tomorrow mullet man in the canadan i got the uh I, I got the bed done today nice. it might have an homage to the only canadian thing i know which is the national anthem ah and then it turns into uh banjos and harmonicas which is just kind of the disparity between me and the canadan uh the question that was asked was uh if andy dalton is going to start as the quarterback of the new orleans saints how many was, games do they win? Was Jameis Winston abducted by aliens? That that would be my first question. <laughs> right. If Andy Dalton was the starter for the Saints, 
I have him going 11 and 6 with a healthy Jameis. Andy Dalton would be at least a game and a half, so I would have him somewhere around 9 and 8 or 10 and 7. That's what I was thinking. Andy Dalton is, he catches a lot of shade. He's just one of those quarterbacks. He's fine, and he's not going to win you a lot of games, but I don't think Jameis Winston is going to win you a lot of games either. What's going to win you games is the fact that you can run the ball really well and you have one of the best defenses in the league. And I think you got some favors done in a schedule that is tough by the teams. You caught a lot of breaks on home splits, days of rest, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think as long as it's not Taysom Hill, you're going to be over 500. I would agree with that. Andy Dalton, is uh, he's a serviceable backup. So he can come in and he won't he won't necessarily lose you a lot of games, but he's not, he's not necessarily going to win you a lot of games either. And there's a reason you pay guys like that. Sure, you pay a guy like Andy Dalton to hold a clipboard, be a good a good voice in the room. One of them that we just paid homage to yesterday, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Great, great quarterback. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick closer to a Hall of Famer than Frank Gore. Uh, not even close. Not even kind of close, actually. Uh, Alex Mack, though, he's retired. That is a Hall of Famer. That is a Hall of Famer. That is a no doubt, maybe first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe. Kevin Mawai didn't make it in on the first ballot, so I'm going to say no on that first ballot Alex, thing. I mean, Alex Mack not better than Kevin Mawai? Stop. There, there are a few things. It's that Friday. Jet fandom? It's Friday. There's very few things that you could say that would make me ready to fight an hour away from the weekend. That's one of them. Yeah, it's the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville live in the Ingalls studio. Sports Center updates coming up next. Another hour to go. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. And welcome back into ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. We are live in the Ingalls studio, as always, brought to you by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Tank Spencer. Flostradamus Jeremy Green is here as well. And we're going to talk some uh, we'll talk some more football. We'll talk some college football here because, I mean, NIL is the, it, it's, 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 once was the wave of the future, now it is the, it is the standard of the present. And Ryan Day basically just outed what it costs. Pretty much. Because Ryan Day says he and the athletics director were talking to, you know, Columbus area business owners, telling them that we need $13 million. You want to keep this roster intact? That's need- just to keep the roster yep. intact. Yep. We need $13 million. Because, as he said, one call. One call, that's all. They could leave. They get a better offer somewhere else, and they're gone. And that now gives us a quantifiable way to see the discrepancy in college football. Mm-hmm. Because I find it ironic that Ryan that this comes out from Ryan Day, the same day that the Big 12 announced the greatest resurgence in revenue ever. Right. You, you know what the number was? What they distributed? Mm-hmm. $426 million. $426 million. Mm-hmm. That's with Texas and Oklahoma. I think it's fair to say they're half of that. 
Sure. Let's be nice and say they're half of that. Sure. Do you know what the SEC distributed last year? What was it? $777 million. Yeah. But they have more teams. Not that many more. Not that many more they don't. And the one that really offset me, how much did each Pac-12 team get last year? $20 million. You're exactly right. It's $19.8 million. Yep. Ryan Day basically just came out and said, to keep the roster intact, I need just north of what every Pac-12 team got for being in that conference. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is somebody that thinks, you talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we do. We do because this is accelerating at a rate that I never thought. And I feel like I was ahead of this before anybody else that I heard. Of this is okay, and your sport is decided. Mm-hmm. You can't keep up. You can't yeah, keep if up if you're the lesser schools. Yeah, you can't keep but up. This is not even the lesser schools. We thought this would clearly delineate the group of five from the power five. Mm-hmm. Not true. No, it's going it to take the delineated top of the, the SEC from everybody else, mm-hmm. and it'll take the top of the power five. I don't think it's the top of. The, I, I think it's the SEC. The SEC has clearly separated themselves from everybody else because nobody's making money like that. The reason Ryan Day is saying this, our operating budget's not that high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 high end. But the SEC has pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table. See, and here's because where- they know three years from now, the two biggest money generators in one of the only two conferences that can compete with us, we get them, you lose them. That means their revenue is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion dollars three years from now. Mm-hmm. Big 12 will be lucky to touch $300 million. Agreed. When you've got Cincinnati and BYU and Baylor and Texas Tech and Central Florida and yeah. Houston. Yeah. We all know that conference is going the way of the Dodo Bird, at least when it comes to competing for national championships. Well, I would say now you've got two. Mm-hmm. The, the Big 12 is now irrelevant. You got the Big Ten and the SEC. The, the Big Twelve, and I would say the ACC is the, the it's the fulcrum. Which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? Mm-hmm. We, are you going to go with the big boys? Are Are you going to find the money? the The Miamis, the Carolinas, the Florida States, the Clemsons. Are you going to find the money? And we can we'll never be to the level they are. But we can be right behind them. We can be, at least be competitive. Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be completely irrelevant? And the funny thing is, I look at the Big Ten and go, ah, you're way closer to the to the ACC than you are to the SEC. The, the delineation here, the line in the sand is drawn. This is college football, as you know, it is done. Yeah. It's over. It, it is over. You now have, I could count on one hand, the number of schools that are not in the SEC that can play this game the way Ryan Day just laid out it had to be played. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard Colin, when, when, I was out for lunch. I heard Colin Cowherd talking about facilities. Facilities don't matter. Facilities don't matter. This is a straight cash grab now. You could be practicing in the middle of a cornfield. It doesn't matter. How much are these guys making? It's the only thing that matters. Right. It's all, it, nothing else. Everybody has good facilities. Th- this goes back to something we, the, the last time we talked about this. Somebody was telling me, oh, Florida State's facilities don't. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know what matters? Uh, how much money can you get from your boosters to pay your players? Right. Because if you can contend with that, none of the rest of it matters. Which brings up the question of 
the NCAA. What is the NCAA going to do? Now remember the, exactly what you know they're going to do. Now remember they came out with the statement saying that we're going to you know we're going to start enforcing the rules. We're going to start uh, you know making sure that boosters and such don't don't have their hands in these collectives and all of this, and that the schools don't have directive over any of this money. To me, what Ryan Day said is that's really touching. Like if I were if I, if I were in the position of being like you know the SID, the sports information director or whatever, the guy that contr- that tries to control the narrative coming out of my school, like the guy that was trying to help Jimbo Fisher through that press conference after Nick Saban said what he said. If I was that guy, I would be on edge. You couldn't pay me enough to take that job right now with a top college football Why? program. Because now the NCAA, if they're going to – try to have some teeth in this they have no teeth they're That's going done. to try uh, they're, they're, okay and they're going to fail miserably. and then what happens and then what happens oh it's funny it's funny you asked that mm-hmm. it's also funny that andreas pinkney in the comments asked jeremy what would you do to try and control this craziness in college football well mm-hmm. i'm glad you asked no he's got a plan because that's why i wanted to talk about this there are times in life that you have to look at things and just go well the toothpaste is out of the tube mm-hmm. kind of like my career as a professional wrestler i hurt my back putting on my pants the other day so my chances of being a pro wrestler that that ship sailed right now i have to make the best of the things that i can do just why i talk about sports for a living because i i tend to hurt myself doing this <laughs> far less than i would anything physical right i think the answer is pretty simple okay this is going to be, if you're the NCAA, you know you have nothing. You know you have nothing. And you know you have these stalwart signature programs. I'm looking directly at Duke, Connecticut, Kansas, Gonzaga, basically any basketball school. Mm-hmm. You're done. It's cute. It, it, I love what you're doing, <laughs> and it is adorable that you're doing it. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Now, Duke might be the one that can survive this. Because I would say they have enough. Their basketball boosters are probably big enough that they can sustain basketball. Mm-hmm. You ever wonder why Carolina got good in football all of a sudden? Why did they start pouring so much money into that? Because it funds everything else. Oh, we uh, now we spend a ton of money in football and, and we haven't had any success. No, but your notoriety is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. I would argue Carolina's a top 25 to 30 program in college football right now. Yeah. That's good enough to get you a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Because what would I do? Survival of the fittest. Colorado, hate it for you. Right. This is probably not going to age well for you. Connecticut, sorry. Probably not going to age well. Right. Now, that is to say you're not going to contend with the big boys. There are still a slew of, I'll just use examples around here. East Carolina, Memphis, Georgia Tech, South Carolina. Those are the four best ones I can think about that I can think of that are within 250 miles of where I'm sitting right mm-hmm. now. You're not contending for national titles. I hate to break it to you. You're not. You cannot contend with the amount of money. You can't contend with the NIL thing. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So how do you make this work for everybody? 
There's a way. Okay. You break the 32 off. I've said it once. I'll say it again. You break the 32 off. Super League. Mm-hmm. And it's not even Super League. We're done playing. We are done playing with you. There are 131 Division One institutions. There are 100 that do not have a snowball chance in Atlanta. Fact or fiction? Fact. You can't dissolve the programs. You can't ask them to just, okay, we already have one double A or FCS, which mm-hmm. I still think that's the stupidest thing they ever did. You have FCS. You have FBS. Why can't you have FAS? Why can't you break 32 of them off and just go, you know what? You can't contend with them. This is for your own good. We are looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Why does Mercer not play, or you can list any school there you want to, why do they not play Alabama on a, on a regular basis? Right. Because you can't compete. You don't have athletes like that. That's not shade. It's just the way it is. So why not just differentiate the 32? Why not just take the 32 out? But how do you decide who's the 32? Uh, survival of the fittest. Mark Emmert is retiring mm-hmm. in a few months. Right. We have no replacement. Nobody with any form of option is going to take that job. Because you might as well be running a typewriter company. Because this is dead. There's no doubt, zero doubt about this. You will get to deal with the non-revenue generating sports maybe have a little hand in basketball and football is going to dictate whatever they want to to you mm-hmm. so why not just why not just swallow the frog two years here who can differentiate themselves and we'll open it up mm-hmm. i'll be honest with you i think you'll struggle to get to 32 I think you will struggle to find 32 so, schools that can compete with this because there's a couple in the SEC that can't compete. So is this a is this a financial benchmark that you have to meet? Is this a wins and losses thing that we're judging over the next two years? The 32 highest wins and losses get in, or how does that work? You're not going to like my answer. Go ahead. The answer is that you're going to have to give the power to the schools. And this coming from me should tell you how far down this rabbit hole I think we are because I didn't want to get down this rabbit hole in the first place. Mm-hmm. Give the power to the, give the power to the schools. You need thirty million dollars to have a seat at the table. You can raise it or you can't. Mm-hmm. I think thirty-two teams would find a way. So it's a fundraising effort, basically. You got a fundraising goal to meet over the next two years. You set a salary cap, and it's not twenty-nine. It's not twenty-five. It's not thirty-five. Thirty, mm-hmm. or forty, or fifty, or whatever you want to put out there. This myth that everybody in college football is just printing money, it's not true. It's patently false, as a matter of fact. So you're going to have to do something or these programs are going to go away. UConn will fold before they're able to contend at any level. Mm -hmm. They're losing money in football right now. How do you fix that? Let them play for something just a little smaller. You let them compete. You let let them compete. compete You can compete with Boise State. Mm Mm-hmm. You cannot contend with Florida State or Alabama or Texas A&M, and I'm trying to hit the, the, the complete range of financial outcomes here. Right. We all know who you're talking about. I mean, when you talk about the teams in the SEC that can't compete, I mean, it's it's the Missouris. It's the South Carolinas. It's the Vanderbilts. Vanderbilt could. They yeah, don't want to. They could. They they actually spend their money on hospitals and things yeah, they're, like that. They're spending their money on houses in the Hamptons. 
and yachts and stuff that doctors they, buy. They actually pour money into education uh, rather than. Oh, well, that's what happens sports. when your greatest player of the last two decades is Jay Cutler. That's a good point. Good point as well. But I mean, uh, you're going to have to do something. Right. At this point, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The only way you're going to have any form of actual competition, have you ever noticed that Oklahoma is, is good every year? Mm-hmm. Ohio State's good every year. Mm-hmm. Alabama, mm-hmm. LSU, last year notwithstanding. Yep. Go Tigers. There's a reason for that. Because they're playing a different game than you are. Mm-hmm. And the quicker that people are willing to admit that and go, Okay, let's stop doing. Let's try. Let's, let's stop trying to do what's fair, right? Because it's not fair. The difference between TCU and Texas is a chasm. And see, this is what I've always talked about when it came to name, image, and likeness, and the this transformation of college sports that was going to happen. We all knew it was going to change the rules. We all knew that it was going to change the way that everything is is administered. But has it really changed anything as far as competition? Uh, it has changed because these it has changed the mid-tier to low-tier d1 programs because okay. all you are is a filler system for for, for the bigger schools mm-hmm. nobody could possibly have known you were going to have 2600 kids in the transfer portal uh, you tell me that you're blue in the face i i will be nice and say you're being disingenuous with me because what i really want to say is that you're an absolute liar mm-hmm. you could not possibly have known that this has gotten so much more and oh, what do you think is going to get better Oh, you think just all of a sudden, you know what, next year we'll be at 1,200. Mm -hmm. We'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. fine. They'll have a Coke and a Snickers bar. They'll be fine. (laughs) No, it's just going to keep getting worse until somebody steps up and does something. There's no unwinding it. Yeah, but my point is is that the schools that are going to be non-competitive in the new era – they were still non-competitive in the in the earlier area. Yeah, Yeah. and and I think there's more of a line of demarcation there than you think. Okay. Boise State. Boise State's mm-hmm. irrelevant now. Irrelevant. You at least had the spunky little upstart that could play in the Fiesta Bowl. Look what we did. A good thing. You're irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. You line up with an Oklahoma and watch what happens. It will not go your way. I promise you. And the more time goes on, the worse it's going to get. And I'll be honest with you, I can't believe I'm the one saying this. It's getting to a competitive balance point that I'm not sure it's healthy that some of these schools are playing the level of competition that they are. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, I did a ton on Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from from UConn. UConn. Yeah, I was watching those games like I was watching a horror movie. They had linebackers that were your size. Mm-hmm. Five, six, 212 pounds, or whatever it was you said you were earlier. 225. I mean, there were tight ends that were dwarfing them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get any better. Right. Now, UConn is the, is the most drastic... They're one of the handful of schools that, being independent, they don't catch any of the money. They don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. So they're actually just a, a losing cause. That's the reason that I use them. Yeah. But never. I know they're drastic. There's probably 10 of those right now. Not just independent, but you're barely keeping the lights on. Right. There was, what, one year? One year when they were in the Big East where they were decent. Yeah, and they won it. They won it. The mm-hmm. revenue was up there. I mean, it wasn't SEC level, but it was at least competitive. Now you don't have that. Right. You're trotting out a glorified D2 school and expecting to compete on a, uh, on a D1 level. The, the toothpaste out of the tube. Mm-hmm. You, you can't go back on this. this. This NIL thing has become the narrative. You allowed this to become the narrative. Okay, you're stuck with that. Mm-hmm. 
There's, there's no unwinding that. Now you're getting into the competitive balance problem of there are 15 to 20 schools that are just better than you. Have you looked at, you know what, we'll talk about this after the break. Have you looked at recruiting rankings for next year? And I'm not one that really I mean, wants to talk about it. I'm not one that really wants to talk about, well, there's this uh, five-star athlete that's this is not where I'm headed with that. Okay. You can see the line of demarcation. I'll tell you what I mean by that after the break. You're in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern hospitality touch. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, has gone on the record and given us a measurement of what it's going to take to be one of the top football programs in America. He told the collective, or members who could be part of the collective for Ohio State in supplying NIL deals, for his roster, that it will take $13 million, bare minimum, to maintain their recruiting success that they've had so far. That's just to keep the roster intact. Exactly. That doesn't include the next class. Mm -hmm. He said to keep the roster that I currently have, I need $13 million. Yep. Which is insane. You have massive amounts of money that are involved in college sports. Always has been. Now this has just opened another venue for businesses to be able to get their products endorsed by college athletes. And I don't know if it's just a one-off. If it's a bubble that's going to burst at some point. I mean, we go through these swings in the economy all the time of... The real estate market booms and then it busts. And then you got, you know, there was the internet bubble, uh, obviously, back in the 90s and all of that. Is is that what we're going to see? No. I, I I mean, there's no bubble because you're printing. There are people that are printing money. All right. So I'll use your example of the, the real estate market. Mm-hmm. You know who the real estate market burst for? The bottom 75%. The wealthiest of the wealthy? they rack up their wealth when bubbles burst like that because they buy depressed assets that other people can't afford right. and then resell them five years later. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do that, and if there's any more delineation than what you have right now, it's going to be unwatchable for 70% of fan bases in the country. Mm-hmm. 
But look at the recruiting rankings. Lane Kiffin is who really got me thinking about this. Lane Kiffin has basically said, I'm not spending any time, money, and effort into recruiting anymore. He doesn't recruit. He'll recruit Arch Manning and and the five-star blue chip guys. Outside of that, he doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Not in the top 25 right now in rankings. Neither is Alabama. Why? Oh, for next year? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? It's not because Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin can't recruit. I promise you that. It's because they're using all these small programs as their filler system. Mm -hmm. But now who is recruiting well? Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. This is literally the top six. Notre Dame, Georgia, Penn State, Arkansas, Texas Tech, Louisville. You know what four of those six programs have in common? What's that? They're terrible. Four of those six have been historically bad for the last 20 years. But they all six have one thing in common. They got a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And before you say Arkansas doesn't, oh, yeah, they, oh, do. Yeah, they do. They have Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. They have Jerry Jones, and he's not the only one. Texas Tech, they have money, trust me. They have oil money backing them up. Right. They've never used it, but now you've taken the reins off of them. This is what I was laughing about when we talked about this a couple weeks ago of, well, Team X won't have a seat at the table. Trust me, I thought about this pretty hard before I said it. And that's where you're at. You've got about 32 that clearly delineate. Mm -hmm. Louisville. It's not just Papa John. They have two brand new stadiums, and there's a reason. I would argue Louisville has more money than all but a handful of programs that aren't in the SEC. Because they have booster money. Right. So this is where the delineation comes. And you know what that turns you into? What's that? Baseball. You become baseball in a heartbeat. Because those who print money can do whatever they want to. And the Oakland A's of the world are just, can we be good for a year, maybe? Right. So what's the line? What's the line of demarcation? You tease that you could tell us where the line is. So what are the, who's the bottom team? Who's the top team that you can tell? Well, I mean, you've got 20 of them that are really obvious. The highest 12 of 14 SEC schools. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking out probably South Carolina, and they're close. South Carolina's right on the line. You take out Missouri, you take out um, Vanderbilt, and then you basically sprinkle in the Oregon, USC, Florida State, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, of the world. The surprises would be Louisville, a couple of the Texas schools. I really didn't want to put Baylor and Texas Tech in there, but they have too much money. Mm-hmm. There's too much money, and it's too obvious because Baylor is right on the outside of what I just said. And you just split off. Yeah, you split it off. We've done this before, and, and I think it's time to do it again. And is and the question is: Is the NCAA going to be the one to split it off, or are these, or is there going to be a new creation? Is there going to be a PGA LIV kind of a thing where? There's just a new creation of a league, and they all pull out of the NCAA and go, we're living by our own rules now. Well, if you remember, Pat McAfee said this about three years ago, of there's going to be another division, and it's coming, you mark my words. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, he's crazy. And I went, no, he's not. No. No. My immediate response is, not only is he not crazy, I think he might be the smartest person in the room. But now that you have Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC, the SEC is going to be obviously the the nucleus of all of this. It'll be the nucleus, the nucleus, but it won't be the the straw that stirs the drink. 
The SEC will not be the one that incites this. Really? We'll get weird. I'll tell you why. All right. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I think I know the answer to this question before I ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Jeremy, have you ever have you ever bought something used online like furniture or a car or no. nothing? nothing? No. You, you, you're just brand name, Why brand would you new. Go, it's, all, look, it's all me. It, you're the yard sale guy. I am the yard sale Seacrest guy. Seacrest out. I do not need to go to a Dillard's in your front yard. I'm good. <laughs> they make Amazon for that. Right. So you're a brand new kind of guy. You don't you don't do the hand me downs. You don't do. It, it's not even it's not even brand new. There's just I, like I'm not gonna troll Facebook Marketplace or something like that for deals. I'm oh, just see, not that's, that guy. That, that's one of my things. I go I go and find the of course cheaper than oxygen. I find the easiest way that I can get out of this. I can't. I don't think I've ever purchased a new piece of furniture. It's either come from a hand me down from a relative or a friend of a relative. Or it's been even beds. Well, beds. I mean, mattresses. You don't take other people's mattresses. I was about to say, you sleep there. That's weird. I'm talking about like dining room tables and and couches and things like that. A California woman, she moved into a new place and she was looking for a sofa. She didn't have a whole lot of money, so she decided that Craigslist would be a good place to look. So she goes on Craigslist and she finds what she thought at the moment was a gag because somebody listed this couch for free. Very nice looking couch. So she goes and she picks it up. She takes it back to her new apartment. And upon further inspection, something seemed off about the furniture that she had just gotten for free. She thought there was a heating pad in one of the cushions because there was some foreign object. I don't like where this is headed. <laughs> there was some foreign object in the cushion of the couch. She thought it was a heating pad, but then she discounted that when she realized there's no electrical cord coming out of this, so there's not a heating pad in here. What is this? So she unzipped it, and she discovered something that she didn't count on from her free couch. Inside, she had found $36,000 in cash hidden inside the couch. Now, the couch came from a family who was liquidating all of the assets of a deceased loved one. Now, I have to ask the question, Jeremy. What do you do? This is your What gut, do I do? This is your gut check moment. You find $34,000 hidden inside a couch that you got for free on Craigslist. What do you do? You keep the money? It's <laughs> going on double zero. Let's roll. <laughs> no, I'm not. First of all, we're not tell- we're not telling this story because Jeremy ain't telling nobody. Okay, so you would never hear about this. No. All right. All right. Um, Look, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, that's a horrible thing. All right, I'm not going to give the details on this. Mm-hmm. Stop hiding your money in weird places. All right, I, I had to do this one time, play the, the treasure hunt of where a, f- a family member left their money. It's not pleasant for the one that has to do it, just so you know. Right. Especially if you don't give any directions. Right. 
just guessing where did you put a whole bunch of mayonnaise jars? If it were me and I were in this situation, at the very least, I would say, hey, I would call the person back and I would say, you know what? I found $26,000 inside your couch. I, the fact that you think you would the fact the fact that you think you would give back that much is adorable to me. No, because I mean, think about it. I mean, the, these people have been through the the, the hardship of losing a, a a loved one, and maybe that was their plan. Maybe that was their their you know shuffling off this mortal coil plan was to save that money for the family, but they didn't tell anybody about it because they didn't think you know the day came sooner than they expected. And so, I mean, I, it's just wrong to keep the money See, and I, not say anything. I lean more on what Kelvin Joyner said in our YouTube comments of that money was gotten in some ill-fated way. Possibly. But still, I mean, it would be rude to say, hey, I found $36,000 inside this couch. Can I have some of it? So maybe you just say, hey, I found 26 instead of 36. I'll give you five and be glad that I didn't take it to, to my West Virginia <laughs> brethren because it would have been on fire on game day. Well, I got to get, I got to tip the cap to Vicky Umodu of Colton uh, in San Bernardino County, California, because she says she was never tempted for one second to keep any of the money. Lie. And that she... She says, uh, God has been uh, kind to me and my children. They're all alive and well. I have three beautiful grandchildren. So what could I ever ask from God? She didn't see this money as a sign from the heavens of you need a little bit more. She said she returned the money and the family told her that they had discovered other cash hidden throughout the rest of the house, but only a few hundred dollars. The family's not sure why the deceased man may have hidden so much money inside his couch, as a way of saying thank you, they agreed to give Imodu Imodu twenty two hundred dollars of the thirty six thousand that she found, and that is very sweet. And that is very sweet. But my way, I wound up up twenty eight thousand dollars, <laughs> so I win. I'd really hate telling stories about TikTokers, but mm-hmm. I have to tell this. Okay. This is a two part story, which basically is proof positive that the world we live in has gone absolutely out of its mind a tiktok user has gained a level of fame and over a million views because she gave herself a tattoo of johnny depp's lawyer why she did it on a tiktok video her name is camille vasquez or or camille vasquez is the lawyer's name the tiktoker's name is jasmine wolf and it's a tattoo of, and it's a horrid. I mean, well, she did it herself. You, of course, it is. First of all, don't do tattoos to yourself. Okay, that's a bad idea, especially on your shoulder. Right. The, the, there was no chance. You can't really see it. Yeah. The funny thing is that it says objection underneath. That's the best part of it. The face looks like it was done by a six-year-old. Uh huh. And now you have that forever. I told that story to tell this story. <laughs> One of your favorite things to do in this segment is talk about how people spend their money yes well there's a new one that is become a craze on the internet people are buying wristbands from the johnny depp amber heard trial apparently if you were in the gallery they gave you a wristband that had a description that said this is a wristband that was used to enter one of the last days of the johnny depp trial on and the date oh my gosh a blue one 
was just sold for five thousand dollars. Insane. Orange ones, which there's more than those. There, there's more of those. Are going for no less than five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Where are you gonna put that? Where are you gonna put that? You put it in a box. I need you to understand that people are buying these wristbands for an event that has already happened for more than you can buy a wristband to get into Coachella. Right. You, you see how stupid that sounds mm-hmm. when I say it that way? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. What is the purpose? It's a What, it's what a are memento. you going to do with it? You can't do that. You got to put it on the mantle and say, hey, look, you see what I got right there? Yeah, yeah I got a wristband for that that trial from the weird girl from Aquaman <laughs> pooed in the bed, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, I don't get that at all. I mean, I understand keeping mementos of things that you have experienced. First off, I haven't gotten this entire trial thing. I, I haven't cared one second about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. The stories are funny. I find humor in the fact that she defecated in the bed. But I just think it's funny that that is a phrase that I use quite often and I never thought anybody would actually do <laughs> right, it. Right, right. I just, I don't get it. I don't get the attraction to this and why you would want that. I have no, I don't understand why people sat around and watched this for I don't either. days on end. I don't, and talking about it on social media as if it was like, you know, the OJ Simpson trial. Oh, like, there have been people that said s- it's the, 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 there have been people that said it was the trial of the century. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous to find out who was the abuser and who was the abused. In a celebrity couple marriage. I I don't know why this is so interesting to everyone, but definitely not to buy a wristband from it. I've just never understood the allure of celebrity things. Okay. Just uh, like, like celebrity mementos? Well, no. Just the interest in things that celebrities do. Like, oh, yeah. I look at the Kardashians and go, why are you famous? Mm-hmm. Are you famous because you're famous? Because that's like a chicken and egg thing. And I can't, you had to get here somehow. But the people that are into entertainment are the same, uh, they're the same as sports fans. No, they're the same as no, us. they're not. Yeah. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because yeah, they nobody cares who A-Rod is dating. I promise you. No sports fan cares who A-Rod's dating. No, no sports fan cares. Yeah, that's, there, see, there's the difference. But the other people do. Yeah, that's the, the difference. care. It's like I, I my will. wife. That's the one that she tries to bond with me sometimes about sports, and she'll go, "Oh yeah, he's dating. Isn't he dating so and so?" I have no clue. I don't. I don't care, care if he was trying to marry his Boeing seven thirty seven. I don't care who he's interested in off the field. Can he throw a football? Can he run a football? Yeah, I couldn't tell you who's dating. I could tell you how many yards he threw for last year, though. Exactly. So that's that's the discrepancy. Right, but. I drunkenly but to sang. the entertainment side, the things that they do in their private lives, that's the sport. I'm going to take 30 seconds to tell the story, and I'm going to give no backstory, only the <laughs> headline bullet point that's facts. I drunkenly sang karaoke with a, uh, a, a it's not an anal- a, reporter a reporter for Entertainment Tonight, yes. sitting at a table in Nashville with somebody that's, well, let's put it this way, they're much more famous than I am. All I could ask was, why do people care about this? Direct response, verbatim quote, I have no idea, but the check clears every mm-hmm. month. And I went, you know what? We can be friends. Yep. And then we sang a couple songs together, and now we're friends for life. That's awesome. So, 
That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've never gotten it, but it's the same, you know, it's it's the jock sniffer mentality of sports fans and people do the same with celebrities. I get it. I, I mean, I, I still I have all of I, I you know, that's the thing though, like I still have like all of my ticket stubs and wristbands and stuff and see, from, I don't get from that. things that I go to. I, and I don't get that. Well, it's just a good memory. I don't understand holding on to stuff like mm-hmm. that. I collect cool things. If you see us on YouTube, you see a lot of my cool things around the studio. Right. Jerseys and helmets right. and basketballs and footballs and that I'll collect. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Hey, remember when we went to that, that Red Sox Brewers game? Here's the ticket stub. Yep. When does that come up? I still keep all of that stuff. And it's in a little box, and then every now and then you go, hey, there's that box where I got all my stuff. And then you open it up, and you take the little trip down memory lane. Every time I hear somebody say something like that, I think of that Mitch Hedberg joke about not needing a receipt for a donut. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Uh, really? It's National Donut Day. You should tell us. Oh, yeah. Well, the joke was they hand you a receipt. There's no need to bring ink and paper into this. This transaction is not. <laughs> there will never come a time that somebody will say, don't act like I didn't get that donut. Got the documentation right here. Right. Must be at home in the file. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. I, and I have I said this okay, on social right. media. Rabbit hole. Yeah. Sorry. Uh Duck Donuts. Mm-hmm. They pay us exactly zero dollars. This is from the heart. I don't know that I have eaten anything that made me that happy. <laughs> Did you have another bacon maple one? No. Uh, Mark Starling stole that one, which it, it, it almost Hurt incited an I heart fight. Yeah. But, but Eddie. Oh, Eddie wanted Eddie loves one. some bacon. Yeah. Eddie and Amanda are just more beloved than we are. People send them food all the time. Yeah. I'm here with them in the morning. I literally watch Amanda walk by here with food from viewers all the time. Mm-hmm. See, we. It, it's not that. It's not that our audience doesn't care enough. It's that. Well, I mean, they, if they, they sent just, it to me, it'd probably have razor blades in it. So I'm, don't do that. Just, don't they, do crimes. They, they just don't know what we can eat and what we can't eat because we've had so much success with the PhD weight loss program. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Cheat day's a the thing. There's, I'm not going to lie. Amanda walked by here with a big thing of donuts, and I went, I've been a good boy. I've been a good boy, and I'm going to do that. It's hard to say no when it is a holiday for National Donut Day. Everything has to have its own day. All right, so let's let's put a bow on this uh, NIL discussion from today. Uh, you said right before we did the weird news and then went on tangents uh, that the SEC, they won't be the straw that stirs the drink no. in this Super League. They don't have to. How so? They made $780 million mm-hmm. without Texas and Oklahoma. What do you think they're going to do with them? They're going to be splitting a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The SEC does not need you. They don't need anybody. That's the reason the Greg Sankey story came out about them running their own playoff. Right. What are you going to do? You're not going to stop me. I have four of the most prestigious schools in the country. You're not going to stop me. No, but they become they become the centerpiece that everybody wants to join. So that's not how that's going to work. The North Carolinas. Well, I mean, that's that's of the true, world. but they don't yeah. need you. Oh, I, so you're I going know at that don't. the wrong way. But the, but they will be interested in the money because it will cost. It will, you know, and, it, see, it I, will, and I disagree with it you. It will lift everybody's boats. Factor fiction. USC comes in, Notre Dame comes in. The 16 schools that are already in the SEC will make as much as the other 16 schools would. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. Okay, so you can double it. We're still splitting it with you. 
we're not making any more money because we're going to be bringing in a Florida State or a Louisville or something like that. Yeah, they have booster money. They're not. That's not going into the television deal. I mean, could they make more money? Maybe fractionally. Mm-hmm. What what the rest of the country is going to have to do is find out how do we become attractive to them? Because they're within, I would say, 18 months of being their own ecosystem to themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe me, just Google the highest rated college football games of last year. Count how many of them had an SEC team in it. No doubt. Of the top 25, I think it was 22 of them. They don't need you. What they need is some cohesion from the the other high majors, the USC's and the Clemson's and and schools like that. Yes. Problem is that now all you're getting is dissension because the commissioners are the ones talking. And you look at the commissioner of the ACC, Big 12, Pac-10, Pac-12, Big 10. Mm-hmm. They're trying to survive. They're trying to survive for Rutgers and I'm trying to think of a Nebraska. Uh, no, no, uh uh-uh. uh your ship has sailed yes we're after maryland uh maryland ohio state and michigan and penn state we got something to talk about don't tell anybody else yeah you're in the sportsocracy here on espn Asheville. time to give some more picks jeremy it's time to put five on it Somehow we skipped over this segment yesterday, which uh, is why we put it out on the socials. And yeah, thank thank goodness I had that Boston Celtics in Moneyline. We're at $571. If you started with us, we started at $500. We're now up to $571, half the way into the year. I got three picks for you tonight. First, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a minus 125 favorite at Madison Square Garden tonight. I got 50 on it. Tampa's the better team. I said they needed to steal one in New York. Game one didn't go their way. Madison Square Garden was electric. It was fun. I'm also a realistic New York sports fan that we don't get to have fun. Tonight, Tampa Bay takes control of the series. I got 50 on it. Lightning minus 125. Next, I got 50 on it. Over 214.5 tomorrow night between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. I think we saw in game one, none of these games are going to be low scoring. There was a lot, there were two god-awful ghastly quarters, for, one from each team. Mm-hmm. They still went easily over the number. I overvalued how good the defense would be. And now I think Vegas is just in the situation they can't set the number high enough. Because if you go much higher than this, everybody's going to go under and you will have tremendous liability. So I'm taking advantage of Vegas here, going 50 on it over 214 and a half. And finally, the Celtics are a four point dog tomorrow night at the Golden State Warriors. And that is stupid. <laughs> how did you watch game one and the line went up a half a point? I'm going to need somebody to explain that to me real, real slow. 50 on it. Celtics plus the four. And you can take those wagers to betus.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY as always. And when you make your deposit, set up your account, make your deposit. They will match it or give you a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in up to $2,500. You are in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. We'll take a quick break. When we come back... Jeremy's, I'm sure he's worked up a good mad for us to end the week on. Just keep your eye on the ball. At Ingalls, we know that big dreams don't always make it to the big leagues. But we also know that baseball, it's family. It's about building character. And as sure as there'll be some stumbles on that journey from first to home, we'll be right there cheering you on. This is baseball. And this is 
is who we are. Ingles, we're with you every step of the way. Dirty, perky, shark back flat! I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Let the hate flow through you. This has probably upset me far more than it did the actual person that it has to do with, but forgive me if I'm the only one that seems to be giving the credit for last night's tremendous comeback in great game one to Ime Yudoka. I've heard praise heaped on Jason Tatum, on Jalen Brown, Derek White, Al Horford, and it seems that Yudoka's the one guy that can't get any respect. I'm sure it doesn't bother him because this is a guy that in his playing career played for such stalwart franchises as the North Charleston Logators, the Adirondack Wildcats, and the Fort Worth Flyers. This guy is as good as they come. And he's one of those stories that we should be lauding and yet somehow gets lost in the news cycle. This is the cheapest time of year to get good pub. And this guy still can't get it when he's in the only event that's actually actively happening. Fantastic coach. I'm tired of hearing the credit given to Brad Stevens, who had about as much involvement in putting this team together as I did. Yeah, he took over for Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge built the players. He coached them. Never got to this point. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about how great a coach he is? That's fine. He was a great college coach, and he was a good enough NBA coach. But the one that actually got him to the finals, the guy that's been undervalued his entire life, is Ime Yudoka, and he deserves the credit. I'm mad. Ime Yudoka leading the Boston Celtics to a Game 1 win over the Golden State Warriors. Game 2 at the Chase Center tomorrow night. And... If they don't have Steph Curry on fire the entire game and he gets some kind of help, we've seen this time and time again with teams. One guy can't win at all. One guy can't win you a championship. I'm just going to say this. I think Boston is going to win tomorrow night. And I could see this series being over in four. Mm -hmm. That's how much better they looked to me last night. If you're Golden State, tomorrow night, this is your Super Bowl. Yeah. Because if the, if you don't win this game, the series is over. You cannot lose two at home and then expect to beat this team on the road to even get back here. And I don't see it. But you have to have everybody, everybody playing and everybody playing at a high level. And that's one thing that Golden State hadn't had, especially with, you know, Draymond Green out here talking all the smack about, oh, nobody's ever beat us when we're full strength. Well, you were full strength last night. Your full strength it last night, work. you had one of the worst quarters in NBA Finals history. Yeah. This would probably be a good time to just, oh, I don't know, not talk. Right. I was told as a player and as a coach, you live by the three, you die by the three. Mm-hmm. And last night, Steph Curry lived, and the rest of the team died on their shield. Yep. And can the Boston Celtics hit uh, another 51% clip from three-point range? Sure they can. One of the best, one of the best three-point shooting teams in these playoffs, and I expect to see more of it coming up. We'll have, of course, all of your coverage right here in the Sportsocracy back on Monday at three o'clock here on ESPN Asheville.